Hello, everyone. Welcome to another American Scouser podcast, the Thursday edition. I am your host this week on Thursday, uh, Timuchin, as always, from Chicago. Uh, and with us is our Thursday normal crew, but we've been rotating quite a bit uh, with schedules, you know, Scott traveling and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, so let's start with who we have first. Scott is with us. Scott, what's happening, man? Hey, nothing much. I uh, like you said, I'm back from all my mini vacations and uh, ready to roll on another good Thursday pod with you guys. Yeah, you got to take those vacations, man. You got to take <laughs> those vacations. And Jamie is with us as always. Jamie, what's happening? Excellent, lads. I mean, not as good as Scott over there vacationing away, going to Charlotte games left, right, and center. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm just glad to have him back. <laughs> I missed you too, Jamie. I. <laughs> We did talk about a lot about Jamie. I think was that the Monday pause that we were talking about your engineering, yeah, uh, yeah, using yeah. the darts as a nail to hang banners on and stuff like that. But so we got a lot to get to. Uh, obviously, Champions League game. There's a lot happening in the news uh, and over the last couple of days with games and stuff like that. So we'll get to all that. But as always, let's start with Jamie's sixty seconds. The Liverpool news in sixty seconds, and Jamie and go. That's right, Reds. It's that time again. Get the stopwatches out and we're off. So it's been six months on since that unbreaking day on the Annie Road end, the redevelopment, and things are really taking off. Uh, when it's finished, we're eventually going to raise the capacity to 61,000. That's fantastic. Um, also, news today, great new fresh content out from uh, Liverpool.com and with Corn. Um, they've released today great Great alternative commentary on the United demolition, the 5-0 game. Virgin Ibu are given their commentary. And let's just be honest, let's hope the lads don't give up their day job anytime soon. Um, moving on, more news today, fresh off the press, that uh, Liverpool, Everton and Tranmere are joining forces for a fantastic cause to tackle knife crime uh, with the Blade Free campaign. Uh, of course, we all remember last year, young Ava White lost her life at 12 years of age. Absolutely horrible. Um, more news today. I mean, it's been a busy day, really. The top 10 player name shirt sales have been released for the 21-22 season so far. So we'll go quickly. 10, Robbo. 9, Bobby. 8, Sadio. 7, Tiago. 6, AB1. Uh, 5, Diogo. 4, Hendo. 3, Trent. 2, Verge. And, of course, Mo number one. Um, but lastly, folks, those who tuned in last week will remember with the help of our very own American Scouser, Megan, uh, our producer extraordinaire. She's been over there for what three months now. Um, seems like it anyway. But uh, she, yeah, <laughs> she broke the news <laughs> that uh, Missy Bo Kearns was injured. She actually had to, got the meter, um, went down and watched that game where she was missing, but she's back training, and uh, and that's great news. I'm sure Megan will be uh, delighted to hear that. But you can also catch up with all the great content on the LFC games and the women's team at americanscouser.com. We're never going to stop. Nice. Thank you for that. And now let's actually talk about some other general news first. Before we go to the Inter game, I figured like we kind of like knock a few of these out of the way. Obviously, the biggest news that came out today with all the stuff that was already going on, I guess, uh, with everything going on in Russia and Ukraine and stuff. Uh, with uh, the Chelsea owner kind of like stepping away and all that kind of stuff. And now today we the news comes out that they're kind of like on a frozen state, <laughs> can't sell tickets, can't sell merch or anything like that. Um, obviously, there's a lot of like different things to it uh, in terms of like 
first it was like, oh, they can't even be sold. And I saw that actually they can be sold and all that kind of stuff. Jamie, what do you make of all this? What a way to wake up. What? I mean, it was mad. Um, yeah, I knew, I, knew, I knew something was coming, but I mean, nobody, nobody could have guessed that. I mean, the, the government's stepping in and, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep things strictly football related. I, 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 it, you know, as much as I hate to see any sort of club get in, in, in financial trouble and all the rest of it, you can't help but think that um, it's off their own doing and, and not that they deserve it, but um, certainly, certainly any repercussions they will deserve. Yeah, I mean, for them, it has to be kind of like you, know, you take the bad with the good. Uh, that's uh, money being flushed in all this time to kind of like get them some of those trophies. Obviously, it was coming from somewhere and it's kind of like backfiring now. But uh, Scott, what's your take on the whole ordeal? Yeah, I mean, you, you start from being this this club that can get infinite loans and, and infinite money being flushed into a system and an organization to from what appears on face value fairly strict reprimands. Um, I think that like, like we said, you know, it, we, we hate it for the fans that maybe are affected on these sort of situations, but as a club and as an organization from the get go of when Roman Abramovich first bought this club, we knew where that money was coming from. We, we, it's, it's no secret what type of person he is and what his background is and his affiliations with, at least some sort of political influence in Russia. So the fact that fairly sternly England and the Premier League have put down these sort of reprimands shows that they are taking a stand and, and really trying to support Ukraine in whatever means necessary. And by this means, it means the, the financial and the social aspect of trying to make a real statement. Yeah, like I say, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because obviously we do not know how long this whole, you know, the Russia Ukraine thing will take. So if it goes on into summer, it's going to affect them resigning players, signing players. I mean, God knows they got enough people away on loan that they can call back and like make up a couple of like squads. But obviously it does affect them big time and it will affect the overall scheme of things because obviously they're like a big spender normally. So it does take while we have some new people in there like newcastle and stuff like that who will be willing to spend some big money uh it will take one of those big buyers like out of the scene speaking of big buyers especially when you mentioned waking up to news i mean i slept like a baby last night after seeing neymar get eliminated from the champions league once <laughs> like literally just, not let's sleep just like, a baby. like and i wake up this morning to rumors about them fighting in the locker room and stuff just what a great way to wake up. Uh, what do you make of that uh, mess? Uh, how they spurs that one out? Uh, I don't know if the Pochettino connection uh, or what, but what do you say, Jamie? Well, first of all, I, I'm going to tell an old man story here. I'm, I'm getting older. I'm getting into the old man bracket now. I didn't sleep like a you baby last night. You don't know old night. man bracket, buddy. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get great sleep last night because there was a bunch of college kids around the back of my neighborhood throwing a party and I had to go out there with my trousers pulled on halfway and and bare chested and shout I was like oi shut the fuck up <laughs> excuse my French but you know you're old when you're breaking up parties you know what I mean like so 
a way to wake up. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I didn't. Get, let's just say I'm, I'm a little on edge still. <laughs> Honestly, though, like Scott, you watched that. I don't know if you watched the game at all. I did. And you watch the game, and it's they make a great FIFA team. And I know every time I play freaking FIFA, I play against Paris Saint-Germain for some reason. Um, but, you know, you watch them on the field with all the quality they have. Uh, the three up top play like douchey FIFA club players who just stay up front and they want the ball once we win it in the back or whatever or midfield. And they don't track back, so it's kind of easier to attack against them. I mean, I started watching the game wanting Real to win. Well, first of all, it was against Neymar, so that's like by default it could be anybody <laughs> and I would move for the other team. But not yeah. only that, I figured, you know, PSG would be a tougher matchup. They got a lot of weapons. They're pretty deep, like mm -hmm. one or two injuries during the season. And it's like a team that's guaranteed the title, so they can rest people for like three weeks if they wanted to, like send them on a vacation for a month and have them come <laughs> back for Champions League games and stuff. Uh, but as I watched the game more and more, I was like, man, they're so vulnerable back there just because mm -hmm. they looks like they're defending with like six, seven guys. And that's it. Yeah. I, so I watched the game in a purely selfish manner. And that was looking at both teams and saying, who would Liverpool rather play? Love and, it. I love that. And the, the fact was I would have taken either of them because Real Madrid didn't necessarily play that great, but boy, PSG are so bad in the back and just yeah. their system they have no shape and like you said fifa it's almost as if you take every fanboy across the world and had them make a, a magic you know superpower team and that's what psg did but in reality the players that go unnoticed for their work ethic and for their organization and for their tactical nuance weren't there. They're not in the team. They have super fast defenders that don't know how to play in a system. They have great midfielders that can hold the ball, but apparently have nobody to support them when they go in behind. And they have strikers that don't want to play with each other. So what do you get? You you get a two-goal deficit, uh, a two-goal lead, and then you lose 3-2 on, on the two legs. And I think that was the thing. I mean, Darren says they're the biggest ballers out there. Backline was about as tough as a wet bog roll. And, I, you know, <laughs> honestly, it's... There's 11 bottles of Evian water right there. That's all they were. <laughs> I mean, like Marquinhos had like a game to forget. But aside from that, it's kind of hard to blame that defense because they get absolutely no help from the front at all. Like Messi's walking around, you know, scouting the field so he can get a ball. And I think they really misuse him, first of all. Neymar is Neymar. He's out there trying to move, get make moves and stuff like that, and that's about it. And, uh, and Mbappe is basically their main weapon, and that was the whole system was, you know, but you can't have three guys waiting for the ball on the counter. You have one outlet, and everybody else should be ideally helping the defense. But, yeah, I mean... The way they kind of like totally collapsed. And by the way, while we're talking about this, can we talk about how freaking disgusting media is when they literally spent 60 minutes just praising Paris Saint-Germain, like nonstop. They were, you know, nobody could beat him. They're so experienced. They were like, what Messi and Neymar out there, they should be able to easily close out any game and stuff. Obviously not watching Messi 
in Anfield and, you know, not being able to close out a 3-0 lead. <laughs> but, you know, it was just like, what the hell? And then in the 75th, 80th minute, it was just like the other way around. Real could do no wrong. PSG had so many weaknesses. And I'm like, man, you guys. Yep. The, the media is just fair weather. I mean, they just go with the flow. And can we think of the one thing that PSG needed? They needed structure and some good strength in the midfield to hold the ball ooh, and to slow it down. I know, who, I know. <laughs> do you know? Do, do you know? Because I think we know who probably they needed, which is on their team, but not on their squad for the Champions League. They would have criminal. loved a good Ginny performance, wouldn't they? Yeah. It's criminal. It's criminal it what they've criminal. done to that man. So Darren brings up this point. I was actually uh, asking on asking this on our Discord channel earlier today. So do they fire him? knowing i mean there's their season is pretty much over i mean usually by this time their season is always over they usually have won the fresh league by now and then they get eliminated from champions league so it's just like cruise the rest of the way like meaningless games um but do they fire him knowing like united kind of want him or do they just kind of hold on to him to see if they can get something out of united for him jamie well so you're asking uh, what they're do what they're gonna do what they're going to do is stupidity. What they're going to do is fire him, probably, pay him out, and then United are going to hire him. What they should do is hold on to him, hold him, hold him in that absolute bottling company that they've now become, and, um, yeah, let eventually United come to them. But, I mean, it, they're so lax and so nonchalant with their they're so french with their money i mean you know they don't give a you know i i, I don't get it you know messi underperforming mbappe's off to madrid uh you know the whole the whole rigmarole was oh well mbappe's finally scored at the bernabeo and like you know that's what he's gonna be doing all next season apparently so you know good luck to them man you know the like the other oligarch that we talked about earlier, you know, I think they're, you know, my wife and I were talking about it late in bed. I mean, she, she really needed to go to sleep last night after them kids were partying. So I figured I'd bore her talking about Chelsea and Abramovich and them, uh, how money's ruined football. See what I mean? I, I am an old man. I'm just nonstop complaining. Man, but, you have become an old man yelling at the clouds. But yeah, I mean, honestly, you know what I mean? They, they, like, they're so lax with their money. They're so lax with everything. It's like, but it's eventually going to come back and bite them. So, yep. yeah, Potch is definitely gone, right? I would think so. I mean, there's only one thing to win there. It's kind of like a tough job, too, to be honest with you, because it's more about man-man. Looking good. It's more about looking good than football. That's what it is. And that's the thing. It's almost like you're already going to win the French League unless you really screwed up, which he did last year or the year before, whatever it was. And, you know, he managed that, which is really tricky to do over there. But then, I mean, aside from that, it's like you only have one thing to go for. And I think when your league is not as competitive, there's a reason why at one point Italian leagues, Italian teams were dominating the European, you know, cups and stuff like that because mm -hmm. their league was tougher. The quality was better. And now you kind of see the Premier League teams doing that. And that's because... That's what you, it's not that easy to turn on and off that switch For and sure. being able to get used to that physical football going 100%. So when you're kind of like playing against like 10 year olds on the weekend and then you come across over here in the Champions League and you play against like the big boys, it's kind of like a totally different story. So, but I just know it was a beautiful Wednesday. 
Uh, I just like truly enjoyed the Neymar misery. I was really hoping some zoom ins while he's crying and stuff, but I guess we couldn't. So when I got up in the morning and saw like the locker room fights and stuff, I'm like, ah, said, yeah, that's, that's good consolation. enough. Yeah, consolation prize. You know, that I'll take it. I'll take it. But, you know, uh, he'll go back to his uh, parties and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure. So let's go to Tuesday, which. Not as smiling and not as happy watching that game. So let's start with the lineup first, Jamie. Um, not a lot of surprises overall, I think. When we were talking about on Monday, we kind of guessed that, you know, Diaz will be the one rested just because of the minutes he put in and stuff. I think the biggest shocker, I mean, we know the back line. So walk me through that midfield and make sense of it. I'd love, to be able to walk, I'd love to be able to walk through that midfield, but I, I don't think I could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Fabinho would take me out early doors. Um, I mean, Thiago, Fabinho, great uh, pedigree for, for Champions League football. Um, you know, it seems to be the, the, the running joke this season. The terminology is great opportunity for dot, 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 right? Um, <laughs> Jones today, I, you could have easily put anybody else in there as well um and giving them a shot too but um yeah i mean we all love jones we all love his uh his intrepid uh endeavors he loves to get himself into a bit of trouble and and try to 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 do the tiago and and get out of it with a quick little side foot pass or something but um inevitably I think he's going to be one of those players who learns more from his mistakes and grows and grows and grows and grows and becomes better and better and better, as opposed to somebody like Harvey Elliott, who's um, on the back of my shirt, um, but also, um, you know, his ceilings sky high immediately, like it's zero to a hundred in, in one second, you know, with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the midfield, I thought to wrap it up, not bad, you know, <laughs> Honestly, I was shocked to see Thiago over there because I did not think he would be risked, especially against an Italian team not being 100% and stuff like that in a game where we necessarily did not need him. I mean, he was in a situation where we had to open up a defense or score or anything like that necessarily. Uh, but it felt like him and Jones are not a good combo to have over there. I mean, Fab is your constant. But it's just not a good duo to work together. And even Klopp said it because I was kind of like seeing it the entire when we were talk talking on the Discord channel, uh, doing like live fan chats. You know, I was kind of like kind of saying, man, our press is not getting there. Like they were always able to get out. And even Klopp was saying after the after the match that you know, especially the first 20, 25 minutes, he thought that kind of you know pressing was really not what it should be. What do you? Well, what do you put that? On? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Like, what do you put that down to? Like, yeah. I put that down to Jones and Thiago not being the ultimate duo over there. Personally. I, I will definitely that? say that I think be, I, I do think that Jones is kind of beginning to mold his style of play to Thiago's style. I think he's learning sure. a lot from playing with him in practice every day. I do think that there needs to be a happy medium of the two midfielders ahead of Fabinho as one that is more determined to be a creator and one determined to more be a workhorse. And I think that we've seen a lot of um, actual good uh, chemistry when Tiago and Nabi have played together. And I also think that uh, we've seen 
Nabby also come in with uh, Hendo, and then Hendo's the workhorse, and then Keita gets to be a little bit more free-forming with his play and stuff like I, I just think that maybe Tiago is waiting for Jones to do more of the work to hold the ball and just keep it moving, and then Jones was trying to wait for Tiago to do the same thing. That's just kind of how I saw it. Yeah, I think, I mean, the thing, obviously, Jones is young. I think the biggest issue that he has, and you could kind of tell, like you said, when the substitution happened, and I, I we'll get to that because I don't know if it was just the substitution or the fact that obviously we were a man up and stuff, but just hangs down to the ball way too long, almost mm-hmm. like trying to trying to make something happen when you do not have to. One thing that I've seen, I mean, I'm probably the biggest critic of Keita and I always freaking hear about it, so I know I am. Yeah. Uh, but... I feel like the last, I don't know, like three, four appearances he's had, it's been a lot better because I think if Keita comes in or Keita plays like Genie, where creativity is just a bonus, do the hard work, play the simple ball, move the ball, and, you know, like create the space, constant movement, everything flows. When he gets the ball and he feels like he has to create something, I need to thread this ball in, stuff like that, or let me get past somebody, I think that's when we run into problems. I think Thiago knows when to pick those spots, like when to just roll the ball back, when to just suddenly drop the shoulder and let go and stuff like that. And I think that unpredictable way he plays makes him hard to cover. And I don't want to just put it on the midfield because we will Mm -hmm. get to the front line. I think Bobby or Jota not being there, like the front three we'll get to next because I want to yeah. bring the Delaware guys' input into that as well. Uh, that's part of it too. But, I mean, it felt like that counter press never worked and they were constantly able to get out. And the problem, the way we play with that high line is if a team can get out and they have time on the ball, I don't care how good your back line is that through ball is going to be there. These guys are like pros, you know, before, before we leave the uh, midfield, let me, let me pose this question to you, Jamie. Do you, do you think that uh, Jones being either in the starting lineup and then maybe not even being in the squad altogether, not even in the subs has, has affected that like decision of, is he going to press or is he going to be that creative spark? as opposed to maybe coming off the bench and working his way into a game for 20, 30 minutes, you know, on the off days, he doesn't start. I mean, you guys have made great, great couple of points there to mission and, and, and you Scott as well, but that, I mean, it's, it's a difficult one. Like Curtis has had one of those seasons anyway, like, hasn't he? Like he did, mm-hmm. you know, he's had, you know, a, a, for a large part, he's had a good 18 months like that. Um, so, I guess it's difficult for him too, like whether to know when to express yourself or when to know less is more. You know, it's a bit hard, I would say, to know when less is more when you've got a player like Thiago beside you that just makes everything look easy. You know, make, makes everything look simplistic and and and, and quick headed. And you know, his his brain is in his feet. You know, the man was born <laughs> born with a ball at his feet. Um, so you know, yes, you're gonna get a lot of that knowledge on the training pitch watching him and playing alongside him and doing all that but you know executing on the main stage is a a completely different animal Mm -hmm. um so jones is i I think he's just going to be one of them i'm I'm not gonna say he's a grafter you know like like you know hendo had a, a hard start to his his tenure at liverpool but i don't i don't necessarily see that for curtis i'm i'm just saying it's he's gonna have to work hard 
you yeah. know, it just yeah, doesn't think... come to to everyone the way it does to Harvey Elliott and Tiago and things like that. Yeah. I think to your point, Scott, I mean, obviously that's probably makes it tough on him. I hope he doesn't have, he doesn't feel like because he gets the chance, now he has to kind of like really show how good he is just right. to kind of earn that spot. Cause I mean, he knows now the order kind of has shifted and with when everybody is healthy, obviously the opportunity is going to be less. I just hope he doesn't see it like, cause I think that's what was the problem with Keita in the past. And the problem I had was, is when he got the opportunity, he almost, it almost looked like he felt like, all right, this is the opportunity. I got to do this. I got to do yep. this. I got to do this, but no, just play your game. Yeah. And, you know, with your quality, it's going to come through anyway. And I think, you know, we always Precisely. talk about, and we always yeah. like, you know, like joke about, you know, Ox getting a run of games and stuff. But I think for a player like Keita, that's why getting run of games is beneficial. Yeah. Even if it's 20 minutes, 30 Great minutes, point. then you don't get that feeling of, oh my God, today is the day I got to show it. Whereas, you know, you get your opportunities constantly to show your quality. Where I think the difference between Curtis and Keita is Keita is very much uh, an informed player, uh, uh, an emotional player. Like you can tell he, he's, he's inward, you know, he, he not uh, an extrovert he's kind of like Kante you know what I mean if we're if we're making comparisons he's he's the shy little guy diminutive whereas Curtis hasn't got a problem with with confidence you know it's yeah. it's 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 applying that um but yeah I mean it was almost a, a couple of com compliments there for Kaida from you to mention that's definitely got to be jotted down know. somewhere write that down somebody oh, write it down let's, let's change the freaking subject hold on <laughs> Let's change so something I, I, real quick. Before we, before we do, I made a quick joke last week where I was like, maybe, and everybody shut me down immediately. Like, don't put that out into the universe. But here I go again. Um, Jones yeah, is... Way to listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Jones's proximity to, to, to people like Naby and, and Tiago, you know, it, it it's it's a hard pill to swallow, like, to, to be that good. So it, I think he's going to get there. It's just going to take him more. Yep. So let's listen into the Delaware guys real quick because they're going to address the front three, specifically Mane. And then I want to kind of like get your guys' take on that because I don't know if I agree as much. But let's listen to these guys first. Hello, American Scouser fans. Uh, I'm Sean O'Neill from the uh, Delaware chapter of the Liverpool Supporters Club. I live in northern Delaware. It's the far <laughs> northern part of the state. Um, and I'm here with... Dads uh, from Baltimore, who used to be uh, the president of the Baltimore club, and he's since semi-retired. Um, but uh, we, we wanted Paul to join us today, but he he couldn't make it. He had too much Chardonnay tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to talk about – we wanted a fun topic tonight. So we're going to talk about – Monty's been playing a lot in the nine lately, which, you know, is kind of an interesting – tactical switch we don't know you know how permanent that might be but it's an interesting one what do you think about it, Daz? i love him there um i could do without him losing the ball with his back to goal a couple uh, but having said that bobby does it fairly frequently too um i think his pace and his guile give defenders something else to think about that bobby doesn't but i i like what he's doing then he's and he's put it he's popped a couple in he's missed a few but i i, I think i think that it's a good a good short term solution to to a to a shortish term problem, and he stepped up. You know, I, I think kudos to the boys and kudos to him. I think that they're doing a great job. Uh, I think he's doing a great job up top. Again, he's not as cultured as Bobby, 
However, he has he has other attributes that 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 are well suited to kind of quote unquote that false nine. Yeah, I, I mean, I find it really interesting. I I love the idea of it, but I think it's going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust. But if you think about all the things that he's good at, he's very good in the air. He's he's actually good with his back to goal, although the control you know hasn't always <laughs> been there these last couple of games when he's played up there. I I see that as more of adjusting to the position. Um, I, you know, I hope that's what it is. Um, but you know, we, we all know all the things that, that he's great at. And, um, you know, I, I think it would be great if we could find kind of a new home for him up there, um, allow him to rotate in there and, um, you know, hopefully bang in, you know, a lot more goals and, um, you know, he just, you know, like you said, the kind of the back to goal defender on his back, you know, kind of controlling the ball, like not everybody's gonna be able to do it like Bobby, but, um, yeah, I, I think it's interesting now that we have Diaz on the one side, Mo on the other. We got Jota that can kind of pop in there. We still have Bobby, you know. Um, you know, I think it's kind of an exciting, you know, it's a different look we can give people. Um, and it's it's uh, pretty dangerous. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's our thoughts on the issue. Anything else you want to add? Up the Reds. Up the Reds, <laughs> yeah. So back to you, Tamuchin, and uh, American Scousers. Thanks, Sean. We gotta figure out where Sean lives. He must be really freaking north. Like I almost envision him like living next to the "You're Leaving Delaware" sign or something like that. <laughs> like you know, something after that. But uh, so, what do you guys make of that? Because I mean, I well, let me have you guys take your take first. Jamie, let's go with you. What do you? How do? Or, like, what do you think about Mane in that? I mean, nine spots or you know the Bobby location. So I, I am gonna. Ask- but first, I'm going to divulge a little information. Paul Bickler and I were able to hang out and watch uh, the game a couple couple weeks back, and um, I'm amazed. Yeah, we were I talking about the news, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we both made it out alive. Um, <laughs> Paul probably the luckier than that I was. Um, no, it was a great time. Uh, always good to hang out with me. Uh, he's he's a legend, as Paul. Um, but yeah, we were talking about that a little bit as well, and and how Diaz is now brought into that conversation as well, and and even Jota, and and basically, you know, we've 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 made a, a, a lot of headway since the days of where the the name being touted for that position was kind of Divock, or or maybe somebody was else was going to play middle and he was out left, you know, like that was our our fourth option. Uh, now it's just brilliant. Um, you know, you've got. Mane warming to the idea of playing central mid, kind of taking on that leadership role that he kind of brought with him since the AFCON, which while we're on Sadio, I kind of think all this bullshit talk about how he's not enjoying football and blah, blah, blah. What I think it is happening is he's took that winner's mentality from the AFCON and everything's inward for Sadio. Like Sadio is going to celebrate at the end of the season. You know, yes, he's going to smile at goals. He, he, he's not not smiling at goals. But um, I think he's really got the bit between his teeth now. Um, and I, I do like the fact that he's being groomed into that into that central role. But likewise, Diaz could be groomed into that as well. You know, Klopp can mold a player into anything. Um, I genuinely believe that, and he's shown that in the past. But um, I think he could work magic with somebody in there. Maybe not necessarily Mane possibly Jada, possibly Diaz. I just think the options are fantastic, whereas a couple of years ago, we didn't have any. 
How about you, Scott? You like him in the middle there? Or, I mean, obviously it's, I would assume it, we were, I mean, I guess we're assuming it's mostly out of need right now, you know, while Bobby's yeah. out and, you know, Jata is just coming back. But uh, like, would you like to see it long-term? I guess, let me ask you that way. It, it's a, it's a great problem to have, like Jamie said, right. You know, to, to have, be able to have kind of this conversation about who we think is, is best. And now a, a very fluid front three that, players can play multiple positions throughout you know just a few years ago we saw Salah through the middle predominantly for for an entire season almost or two-thirds of a season and then the season before that when when or two seasons before that Mane was outright so he's now had experience playing uh, across the front three I Mm -hmm. personally think that Mane's best attribute is being able to run into space or at speed towards a defender and be able to accelerate and decelerate to really get defenders off. I don't think he's able to get in those sort of positions as much or as often from the center. I think that when he's out left, especially with that great combination and and great, you know, uh, chemistry he has with Robo on the left side, I, I do think that we're not necessarily losing something with having Mane in the middle, but we gain so much with him having that space out on the left. See a few things to touch up on there. I think, I mean, I agree to the point where, and that this is why I do not like Mane in the middle. Uh, Dave Leslie says, Bobby do Bobby things, but Mane has been good in that position. (laughs) And I think he has definitely gotten a lot better from the first time he played in that position. But I would argue that, if we did not sign Diaz, Mane is not the guy in the middle out of need. I think we yeah. go back to Mo being the middle. And I think it's exactly for what you said, Scott, is, I mean, like that's saying, you know, in terms of like his control, I mean, that's not getting used to the position. That's always been like that. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know if it's a Brazilian thing or whatever, but Man, you look natural. at how certain players, even Mo has this as well, the way Mo brings the ball down, the way Thiago or the way – uh, Bobby brings the ball down and controls it in tight spaces is so much different than Mane. What makes Mane dangerous is when he gets that ball on the left-hand side, even if he can't control it right away, he's so freaking unpredictable. He's so fast mm-hmm. and agile. You don't know if he's going to keep going down the right, like the, down the wing really fast, or he's going to suddenly cut in. And with that, you know, you kind of like one eye is on Robo to see if he's going <laughs> to come down that wing. So it's kind of like makes him harder to defend. I almost feel like he's a bit easier to defend in that middle because he gets that ball. I mean, how many times did we see him get that ball, not being able to control it all the way and almost come back to the midfield with it? Yeah. And not by design, not like Bobby coming back to midfield to create space, but more like just to get a hold of the ball properly and like pass it on to somebody. And I think if it wasn't for Diaz and especially how he can kind of came onto the scene, I really still think we see Mo over there just because he can do a lot more in a tight area than Mane can. I mean, I think they're both just as dangerous outside on the wing with their speed and cutting in and stuff, but I think Mo is a lot better in a tight space. So let's go back to the game real quick. And so (laughs) I guess my biggest frustration with the game was we did have our chances, but the first half was not really that impressive, like I say, midfield-wise, as Klopp admitted afterwards. And then we started the second half the same way. And it was screaming that we were not controlling that midfield. 
but we yeah. did not make a change. Is that just Klopp being stubborn? Or is that just, you know, we know, I mean, partially stubbornness, partially that's how he builds confidence in players uh, by trusting the people he has out there and stuff. But what do you make of that, Scott? Because it felt like those substitutions came a tad late. Yeah, uh, like you like you mentioned, the the lack of that possession and midfield control was glaring for for us fans to see. I think that in a game where maybe fouls are not fouls and you know the the ref is unpredictable, I don't think having someone like both Tiago or Jones, actually either of them, who are prone to making the maybe not necessarily a bad tackle, but contentious tackles, um, I think was maybe not the best decision. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, they're, they're incredible players. We, we love their output going forward. But in a game against uh, a pretty strong Italian team, and they played well, they, they definitely were on their game, we definitely needed some control, and we needed a little bit of more impetus and strength in that midfield that we we see from our other midfield options more so than maybe Jones. How about you? I mean, obviously, it's kind of hard to exactly judge what those substitutions did because we had the goal and then we had Alexis Sanchez this time get a red card, which I <laughs> thought the one in the first half would have been looked at when I saw that tackle and it reminded me of like previous tackles we've seen that's been reviewed and would have been yep. read how it wasn't even like that well reviewed or I don't know Champions League does a slightly different than things go a lot faster than the Premier League but um I was shocked to see that but then he gets the red then we get the substitution but Jamie I felt like if those substitutions came earlier we would have seen the change in the game regardless of if they had 10 or 11 do you agree or you see the yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, but like you said earlier, like we had our chances. First half, there was a couple of couple of chances there. Uh, Mata Petter, that he kind of just stood there and glanced it in off the top post. <laughs> um, I mean, the the lad's box office. Oh, really I love is. that man. But Virgil had his own header, you know, that that uh, got deflected out. We had a few set piece chances. Midfield, you're absolutely spot on. First half, disjointed, lacking that cutting edge, lacking that final pass. So set pieces were possibly. A good way but yeah i mean changes were going to come um but yeah come back to me when we were talking about the martinez goal because i that few <laughs> fuming at the the, the defending there absolutely ridiculous so i was reading about that online by the way that some people putting it on van dyke some people are putting it on matip obviously matip is not the one that was like clearing your right but i think the van dyke criticism comes from going not you know going across the field with a bad pass the matip making him run towards that but I mean, obviously, you could have easily cleared it. I don't know. It's kind of like hard to put blame on that one. It's one of those that it's kind of goal that we score, right? Like we yeah, win yeah. the ball up top there. But we just went to sleep. That, that's my big thing. We just went to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't blame anyone. I'm just like, even Allison, they're all involved. The whole team was like, we just, just went off. Like there was a, a complete lapse. So, yeah. Talking about falling asleep, though, and I think that's why. So Sparky Parky, uh, a little bit earlier, he was asking if does Henderson know now? Now know he's not in the best eleven. I do not think that is true. I mean, to me, he's definitely in the best eleven uh, in that midfield. And I, I mean, I don't know 
club, uh, call him later and ask him, I guess. But I feel like he would, like, I think to him, he values what Hendo does in there as well. And I think not only, I know he has not been informed with the injury and stuff like that. I mean, it's not the best Hendo we're seeing. Sure. But we're, the, some of the things Hendo does over there in terms of how fast the ball moves when he's on the field, how much barking and directing he does on the field is priceless. I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing with him. Yeah. I mean, Henderson being on the field, isn't just his work output, his ability on the ball, his, you know, defensive nuances. Henderson being on the field is what everyone else does for him. Right. So when he's on the pitch, He's yelling orders, move the ball faster, go over there, do this, bring it out, you know, switch it, switch the field. He, you know, Trent may have the ball and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, look Andy, look Andy. And it's it's just small stuff like that that we see that we don't see Henderson doing anything, right? It's, it's not Henderson. Trent made a great ball across, but he's the conductor. I mean, he, he is – the manager on the field. And that's so what I, I do mean, think. Go ahead. I do think Sparky asks a good question, right? I mean, but let me answer it as, as frank as I can. I think he does know that he's not in the best 11. I don't think, I think Hendo will be the first to tell you he's not the first on the team sheet. I think he's the first to tell you he's not the first on the team sheet in the midfield. He knows Fabinho's a better midfielder. But what Hendo does, whether he's on the pitch or not, is lead the team's morale. He is the leader. And I think, yeah, you know, Sparky's getting that, you know, he is entering a latter stage in his career. And, you know, I'm not going to liken him to, to Stevie G's latter part of his years. But I don't think Hendo's... <laughs> I think... Um... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no... Yeah, BJ yeah. says Hendo has the Xbox controller in his hand while on the field. I mean, yeah, the way he directs traffic, I think makes a big difference. See, I disagree. I think he is the second person I put in that midfield after Fab. And then you can right. I mean, probably right. Thiago would be the third. And then, you know, if Thiago is unavailable, then we can have a conversation of, you know, Keita or Elliot or somebody. Depends on who we're playing against. But I, to me, I think... If we have a big game tomorrow, whether it's the final or, you know, like in the Champions League, whatever it is, if healthy and if everybody's equally rested, to me, Hando is definitely in that 11. I agree. I agree. He's not the first one on the sheets. And yeah, right. he's probably not the first one in midfield. No, I, I definitely agree with you. Absolutely. But what I'm saying is I don't think Hando gives a shit if he's oh, in the yeah. best 11 oh, yeah. or not. I, agree. I, I think he he's off the mindset what's good for the team, what's good for the good for the gander you know if i'm on the bench i don't care if i'm playing right back i don't care you know yep. he's he's got that millie-esque vibe where it's just like the greater good the greater good so yeah. obviously i mean we had chances too. you know mo hit the post twice it was not one of his days <laughs> uh i mean normally that like hits the post goes in or like you just like nails the corner and they were both especially the second one was very well taken it's just like unlucky and like you're saying, set pieces and stuff. We could have scored, put the game away earlier, but it was a lot more stressful than I would like it to be. And sure. at the end, uh, I mean, the last 10 minutes felt like 
I do that sometimes, I admit, on FIFA. If the guy was showing off earlier in the game, if I have a lead, then I just, like, mess with him. Jamie knows. (laughs) 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 And then just, like, just basically just keeping the ball and making them run. Like, they would want to press. I'm already at 10% stamina. Timuchin's fucking (laughs) tick-a-tacky and around the back. I'm like, oh, God, this is how controllers get broken. Yep, that's right. So, I mean, it was at least we were... Smart enough and professional enough. And I think going back to with Hendo's leadership, that kind of like helps on the field with like him and Bandai kind of direct, you know, directing that traffic of how the ball goes. And I thought the players we had on the field were a lot smarter in terms of how they handled the ball. And even like Keita and stuff, like I say, another Keita compliment. I'm on a roll today. Like, you know, there were times where I was afraid he was going to try to thread the ball in or attack. And he was smart enough to kind of pull it back, rotate it again. Because, you know, we were just seeing the game through. So we do see the game through. I mean, uh, real quick, Jamie, do you think having a loss at Anfield, um, does it almost help us in a way? Does it hurt us in a way? Or really, sure. these guys are not yeah. going to give a shit? We could have handpicked the game to lose. That would have been it. 1-0. Take it all day of the week. End off. Yeah. So you don't think it's going to matter at all to these guys? Is it a plus, no, minus, no. neutral? It's a plus. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take you that think loss. It's a plus. Okay. And, and every single one of those players should take that loss on the chin. And that's exactly what they're going to do. Because they're not going to sit back. They're not going to sit in their haunches and be like, oh, boo, we lost 1-0. Oh, no, we didn't score. Martinez made a fool out of us. We were all sleeping. Chalk it off. Done. Put a line under it. We're going to come back stronger. That's us. That's Liverpool. That's the Liverpool way. We're just going to, we're never going to stop. We're just going to, that's it. That That's our, our springboard. Never mind Carabao Cup. We'll take that loss. They need Jamie in the locker room to go ahead and give a motivational speech. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And then, and then Hando absolutely slaps me in half. I was going to say, yeah, that is not going to go well. <laughs> that, that would not be a good. So do you take it as a plus, minus, or a neutral there, Scott? I, I think that obviously losing is never good. It's never fun, right? But the mentality of the squad being able to say, listen, this is something that we don't want. We don't want to lose, right? And thank God the loss came from a situation where we're still in the Champions League. We got through the next round. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. BJ's mentioned via goldfish. Exactly. You take it. We did it. And then, in the words of Ted Lasso, after you're sad and after you're angry, be a goldfish. Move on. We're at the next game. I agree. I think it would kind of like, I think it's going to help us in a way. I felt the same way about West Ham. I felt like it would be one of those where when they talk about it after the game, they were like, hey, if we're not on our best, shit can go down and we can't afford to. So we got to keep the focus at all times. And it was a good way to still like, you know, rotate and stuff like that, get people rest and all that in this kind of like a period where we had game, 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 game. So let's go to the next game then. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brighton away. Saturday, crack of dawn, 6.30 for me. Uh, I feel bad for you if you're on the West Coast. But uh, <laughs> let's get a quick lineup and a score prediction from you, Jamie. Well, I'll I'll take another 1-0, lads. I really will. Um, the gray hairs, I know I've said it over and over again. I'm getting older. Uh, I'll take all the gray hairs. Give me the 1-0. Um, <laughs> I'll hook you up, bro. 
Well, whatever you, know, I, got I'll go I got a couple growing in. I got a couple. I'm just happy to take hair. I don't care what color it well, is. Well, same. I'm, I'm almost there. But you're not by design. You're, yours right. is by exactly. design. Mine is not. Yeah. <laughs> so who do you? I guess like midfield, and I mean we're expecting the same, or maybe Konade in the back, right? But who do you guys like? Who do you have in midfield and up top, Jamie? Well. You know, you you kind of said Tiago, you were you were expecting him to be rested. A lot of people are talking about Mo being rested. I mean, that's a possibility. We could we could go absolutely mental and rest Mo. I don't I don't see Klopp doing it, and I don't see Mo being happy about it. But um, the fact of the matter is, we could probably play around. Not to disrespect, excuse me, not to disrespect uh, Brighton whatsoever, because they're going to put up a fight. Every team in the Premier League does. That's why we're we're. We're lauded as one of the, the, the best leagues in, in Europe and therefore the world. Um, but, yeah, I, I, we could rotate. That's that's the embarrassment of riches we've got. Um, you could bring an ox in. You could bring, um, you know, uh, I, I don't know about the midfield three that started against Inter. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously Fab has got to play. Um, but, yeah, we could rotate. I mean, with us not playing again until Wednesday against Arsenal, who's actually going to end up playing Sunday, I almost feel like we wouldn't need as much rotation. But how much do you expect out of this one, Scott? Uh, I, I actually think that we go with a really strong lineup. And the reason that I say that is because we're coming off of a West Ham narrow win and we're coming off of an advancement to the, the next round of the Champions League. But again, not our strongest performance. I think with Brighton's current form that they've been showing in the last month, they're, they're not what they were in the beginning of the season. I think fatigue's definitely caught up on a rather smaller squad. Um, I think that we do go with a strong lineup, and I expect a, a, at least back to somewhat normal expectation of what we think the boys can do. I agree. I, I expect this. That's because, like I said, because of the, how the schedule lines up, I feel like we will throw a squad strong lineup out there jamie score prediction yeah well no i'll take it all day every day what the heck is wrong with you trying to kill me over here it's like it's been a rough week man listen it's been a rough week i'm <laughs> rationing <laughs> those stitch treats that's what i'm doing i'm rationing them i'm pushing them out right <laughs> yeah he's not too happy either of course west ham was one zero not even a freaking snack all day <laughs> uh, on Tuesday, I mean. But, uh, Scott, what do you have? Hey, we're going with a big 4-0 over here, okay? We're getting back to our form. We're Stitch hitting it room. hard. <laughs> and let me add, Salah, he's not getting rested. He's hitting a hat trick, and he's getting my captain on fantasy again. Don't even get started with fantasy. But, um, yeah, I, I know, I, I'll take 4-0 any day, to be honest with you. But I almost feel like a 2-0 win is what I'm going for. Hopefully, we'll get the goals early so I can actually sit down. Uh, that would help. Like I said, it's been a rough week of watching Liverpool. I can use a little bit of a lean back here. But well, I'm going to get my own back on the kids next door. They woke me up at, uh, you know, whatever, 1 o'clock. I'm going to wake them up at 7 o'clock in the morning right. screaming, you'll you'll never walk alone. They're going to wake yes, up. Yes, you can play bothered. this game. Who can play this game? Yeah, the, right. revenge, the revenge yeah. of the old man in the in the next building. The, I the wonder what they refer to you as. <laughs> what, what's what's the ordinance survey start from? I know when it finishes, but or, or the the signed ordinance. <laughs> hey, 
It's whenever you start making noise. First person awake. That's that's the time it starts. I yeah. said, hey, we, got a, we got a cop over here, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is you the know? earliest you get called for a noise ordinance? By the way, Scott. Uh please. You're, it doesn't matter the time. If it's middle of the day, we'll stop. get noise complaints. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. I stop. think. Uh, by the way, by the way, just before we go, I think it's ridiculous. You know, even back in in Ireland and England, the fact that these cops are paid to to go for noise ordinance, it's absolutely ridiculous. Just do the old-fashioned thing like I did. Be an old man. Get grumpy. Throw on your, your slacks. Throw on your trousers. Go over there. Shout at them like an old man. That's what I did. It worked wonders. Hey, I drive past. If I can't hear it with my windows up, I'm fine. Move on. <laughs> ah, see, I did not know that was a thing. So you, so uh, now I know to turn it down as the cop is driving by. Not that <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Putting the pants on and running out there like the old man might work in North Carolina over there. But I'm telling you, in the certain Chicago suburbs, yeah, that's the last time you're putting pants on, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll be waiting for you with guns. They're not going to take it. You see, that, that's, the, that's the idiot in me, right? I'm, I'm not an American. You know, I, I, I still don't recall the fact that, there's yeah, everybody carries fucking guns right here. Meanwhile, you've got... You've got Joe Schmo here with, you know, absolutely barely a stitch on and, and shouting like a madman, like, hey, you damn kids, knock it off. You know, I'll tell you a story, like totally off topic over here, but being about like talking about being a phoner and that understanding the concept of, you know, how it works over here. I remember way back, like I think I maybe I'm like a, well, we're talking way back. I'm like a senior in college or right out of college. We're actually downtown to eat with Angie and we got lost because we're new to Chicago and in, and we need cash for something. I don't know why I'm looking for an ATM. So middle of the night, I go into this gas station, shady as can be, by the way, like it couldn't be a more shady gas station. I go in there with like a bunch of guys that, that look like, you know, like there was like a gang meeting or something. And I go in there and I'm like, hey, do you guys know where an ATM is? It's almost like, can you guys follow me? Because I'm going to be taking some cash out <laughs> and you guys can rob me on the move over here. Yeah. So, yeah, it takes some time to get to you. Then I work downtown and stuff. And I was like, man, I was really crazy. But. I'll be honest. What when I've, you what act I've like you belong, nothing happens to you. When you go around right, scared, right. that's when they mess with you. Yep. What I've got going for me is that I just look like an escaped mental patient, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's my I, know, that's really I have like a suit on and stuff too. And it was like literally I mean I gas station was jam-packed for some reason too. And yeah, oh, like everybody, like it was like one of those, like in a, like a cowboy scene, like the guy swings the bar doors open and walks in. Everybody stops and looks. Uh, it was like me with my scratches. student. I'm going to the gas station. Everybody's like, "Who is this idiot?" <laughs> <laughs> well, gentlemen, that was like totally off topic, but good humor there. So thanks a lot. Uh, to everybody listening, as always, sharing, liking. Today, for the first time, we were streaming on Twitter as well. And we're getting really high-end and nerdy. So soon, we'll be actually on Twitch as well. Speaking of high-end, nerdy, and kind of young, uh, which, you know, an old man you might know, uh, we have actually a TikTok account as well and posted one of our pot clips today. My very first video posted on TikTok, I could not be prouder. Felt young for it. It was good. Okay, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening. See you guys Monday. Up the, Up the reds. reds.